Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. is definitely Manchester United. Too far for Ronaldo to think about it. Oh! Absolutely sensational! It's red in Russia. This English night in Europe is Manchester United's night. Manchester United are winless in seven away league games. They are lethargic, lacklustre and boring. It's the traits that have plagued the United sides under Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho and now Solskjaer as well. West Ham beat United 2-0 in London four days after Solskjaer's team had trudged to a 1-0 win against Astana at home. We're talking about both of those games and much more on Series 5, Episode 8 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Um, the, the, I think the most worrying thing about, about the defeat to West Ham, and it's not a, a new concept because we struggled um, away at West Ham for, for three years in a row now, but the thing that was worrying was just they, they weren't that good. It was a half-decent performance from a mid-table Premier League club. That's now good enough to beat Manchester United. Yeah, normally when you see results like this where sort of lesser teams beat one of the big boys, it's because... That team has played out of their skin or was just, you know, had the game of their life or maybe got a little bit of luck in terms of being kind of dominated in the game. But they, they just won. I mean, even even if you look at what happened in the game, it's not like we dominated West Ham very much. I think we had like 54% possession and West Ham were, were the team that looked the most likely to score throughout the game. This wasn't a game where West Ham were camped on the edge of their own box and, and scored two goals on the counter-attack. West Ham did not have to play particularly well to beat us today. And that is a sad, 
that is a sad, sad indictment of how bad we are at the moment. And and teams don't, as you say, they don't have to step up. The teams at uh, mid-table and, and, and relegation sides are stepping up to play a, a City and Liverpool with Norwich against City last weekend and it's happened to Liverpool but they, they've both managed to ride the storm just as United used to. But I, I think teams step up their game on, seriously when they come to Old Trafford a lot but away from home to beat United you, you don't really have to play that well you don't have to put in a, an extra shift that you would do against what are now the top sides because United aren't a top side anymore and the other big concern for me was that the, the promises of, of Solskjaer's United were founded upon one main thing and that was that results might not be great but that the style of play would be entertaining and the last few games there's been absolutely nothing entertaining about United where's the the energy the creativity the pressing it, it, it's not there anymore and I think that's the thing that's so heartbreaking about this at the moment yeah despite the fact that we've won two out of our three games this week I think this is without a doubt the worst week of Solskjaer's tenure for me even worse than than the awful 4-0 loss to Everton last year because like you said I think most Man United fans and especially the two of us are expecting some bad results this season we've kind of accepted that that is part of this rebuilding process that we, we're we going to have to go through. But the one thing that we, we've all said and that we all require pretty much is that the style is at least more entertaining and we are more watchable as a team than we have been for the last couple of seasons. And this this week we just haven't been. We looked like we had no idea how to score and how to score against both Leicester and Astana. Against Leicester we relied on a penalty. Against Astana, sure, sure we, we were knocking on the door for most of the game, but... We, we never looked like we were going to be beating that team 4-5-0 like we should have been. And then against West Ham today, we, I, I, I don't think I've, I've seen us have a game where we look less likely to score in a long, long time. And that says a lot based on how badly we've played in the last three or four years. It was awful today. It was genuinely awful going forward. It just never, ever looked like we were, were in the game. Uh, the best case scenario I could see from, the, from 15, 20 minutes into the game was that we'd somehow escape with a 0-0. Yeah, because it just never looked like we were gonna we were going to. Score. Well, yeah, going back to the Astana game as well is that the same same idea. Within ten or fifteen minutes, I said to the people who were watching with me that United will win this game and 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 we'll, we might score two or three goals, but they will all come after the seventieth, seventy fifth minute, and they will eventually come. But it won't be convincing, it won't be comfortable, and it won't be entertaining. And that's what happened against West Ham. I was more confident going into the game. Um, I thought we would win. Uh, until we started, as you say. And then once 10, 15 minutes in, there's no belief in this United side that they can turn a game round. And if you go back to the to the purple patch that Solskjaer enjoyed at the start of, of his temporary spell in charge before he was appointed permanently, there were games against Southampton uh, where we did turn it around against Arsenal, against a, a couple of others, where United did manage to turn a game around. There's no belief in me at the moment that says when United go 1-0 down, or even when United start a game badly, that they're going to change the game, they're going to come away with a win. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's it's not even about that we, we're not turning the result around. It's that it seems like the first five or ten minutes, you can watch the first five or ten minutes of our games and know exactly what kind of performance you're going to get for us for the next 80 minutes. Yeah, And that is what's so frustrating. There, there isn't any amount of I, I don't really know what to call it I don't I don't think it, it's a lack of backbone or, or a lack of character so much as just a lack of quality yeah yeah I think it, it, it really is that because often when you do turn a game around like that it it comes from just a spark like a moment that kind of makes everyone around you kind of sit up and think oh we can actually do this you know and, and those moments if you look around the league might come from in other teams the likes of Sergio Aguero or Kevin De Bruyne Mohamed Salah Eden Hazard back at Chelsea before he left for Real Madrid yeah. and we just don't have any anyone like that that you'd say is 
is capable of producing those moments that can ga- galvanise people around them. Yeah, and the worrying thing is is when Pogba comes back and when Martial comes back, and to a certain extent, if Rashford can regain some form, they, they will win games for us, and they have done in their United careers. But this is supposed to be a season where we're building towards something, and the fact that we still have to rely on an individual piece of quality, like, and it, it is normally going to be Paul Pogba, and this season, for, on a number of occasions, it's actually been Dan James. But the fact that we have to rely on that is indicative of, of a serious problem at United that they, there's not much to this team at all. They don't create enough chances. They don't score enough goals. The squad is incredibly thin in midfield and up front. And the, the loss at West Ham just kind of reaffirmed everything that we already knew about United. And and this is going to happen again and again. I, I think the two of us have been quite lenient on Solskjaer in a, in a lot of senses in that you know, we, we've kind of seen that the issues yeah. at United run far deeper than, than him and He's dealing with a poor squad and a, a board of directors who are not acting in the best interests of the football team. But I do think what's happened this week for me is, is totally down to Solskjaer because regardless of the players that you have on the pitch, the requirement from us as fans this season has been build us a team that we can get behind, build us a cohesive unit of players who are all playing in the same way and to the same script and so that Whenever we have injuries, yes, the quality of the players might drop, but they know exactly what role they're coming in to fill. And at the start of the season, and even at the back end of last season, even when the results weren't good, it looked like that was still happening a little. But this this past week, it has been reminiscent of Mourinho's teams. It really has. There's been no pressing. We we don't understand how to unlock a defence unless we we somehow get a penalty or you know from a set play. It's just woeful. We don't look like we have any idea of how to to break through teams. And that is exactly what was happening under Mourinho. And there's just, there's no style or substance to this team at the moment. And whilst I think most United fans would accept the lack of substance, the lack of quality this season, the lack of style is seriously, seriously worrying. And that for me is all on social. Yeah, and and that's something that we were pleased about at the start of the season when, um, and as you say, at at the end of last season, there was some kind of, it looked like there was something being built here and there's you need to see something being built you need to see Angel Gomez starting instead of Juan Mata you need to see Fred starting instead of Matic because these players are are past it and I I understand why they're starting because objectively maybe they are better options than than Gomez you might trust Mata more than Gomez if if you are the manager of United. That's fair enough. I I probably wouldn't, but they might have that opinion. But if you're building something, you've got to be you've got to be ruthless in your team selection, not just in the way that you sell players or, or buy players in the summer. But yeah. on the other hand, you look at United's start to the season, and even though it started quite well with the the win against Chelsea and then and quite unfortunate draw against Wolves, United haven't had. 90 good minutes of football yet nope. even against Chelsea it was it was one bad half and one fantastic half uh, Wolves there was probably 60 very good minutes and then 30 very poor minutes and, and that's been the common trend in every game apart from West Ham there's been a good spell but there's, it, it's not consistent within the game let alone from, from, from match to match and again you, you look at most of those games and it, it's, it's like we can't react to divert to uh, adversity properly you know, it it just seems like we're not able to kind of recover when when things go badly. You look at 
at the Wolves game, as soon as we conceded the goal, Wolves had us under siege for the last 20 or 30 minutes of that game. And we looked like we were going to concede again. And it's, it's frustrating watching it because you can always see what's going to happen before it happens. And it's just the same stuff every single week. And, and the thing that's worrying as well is that it, it hasn't been happening. Oh, we've always played well in the first half and then we're just tiring out in the second half. It's, it's been varied. There hasn't really been a pattern to it. The only pattern has been that we aren't playing well for 90, for the whole 90 minutes. And in West Ham's case, we didn't play well at all for the 90 minutes. So it, it it's a, it's a really challenging thing to try and get your head around because yeah. the, the ways that we've been inconsistent haven't been the same. So you, you're kind of wondering, how are we how are we supposed to solve this now? Um, and it is, I think there needs to be a lot of work done by Solskjaer and his coaching yeah. staff in the next couple of weeks to get us back to how we were trying to play it. Almost, I don't know if if they've panicked because of some bad results and just they thought, well, we'll go to a more conservative style in the hope that it will stop us from conceding so many and and you know give us some better results. But yeah. that isn't what this season's about. This season is about creating a style and creating a team that will take us forward for the next five years and it looked like we were committed to doing that in pre-season and the start of the start yeah. of this season and now we aren't yeah it's also that Solskjaer has, has said or multiple times I want a, an attacking team United I want to stick to the traditions whatever um, they are whatever people have a, a concept of the United way and people will just stop listening to what he says if if these performances continue because if United were getting beaten and we've said this so many times if United were getting beaten but playing somewhat entertaining football we would all still be very frustrated but we wouldn't be having this conversation and yet yeah, at the exactly. same time you look at the the United team and it, it where does the blame lie well some some of it is in Solskjaer's court but at the same time you look at the the transfer window and the team that United have been left with it's two central midfielders with no attacking threat at all uh, a number 10 in Mata who's probably passed it uh, a, a winger in Dan James who's still very raw despite a, a great start to the season and then another winger in Andres Pereira who isn't a winger but isn't really a midfielder either and then one pretty bad fullback in Young one in Wan-Bissaka who's not that great going forward yet and a striker who we don't actually know is a, is a striker yet and that's baffling and, and United have spent 880 million in the last six years and Jesse Lingard is playing as our main striker at the at the end of this game yeah I mean just to quickly go back to the, the comment about what Solskjaer's comments in press conferences and how he always says he wants to build an attacking team that's that's great and and at the start of, of his time as temporary manager at that point all the stuff he was saying about how much he understands the club and wants the team to, to be moulded in the identity of Manchester United that was great and we all actually believed it because it was backed up by what he was doing with the team. But there comes a point where you start to wonder if this is just platitudes that he's saying just to keep the fans on side. Because if you're not backing that up and not actually putting that into practice on the pitch, why should I believe anything that he says in press conferences when I'm not seeing any evidence of that And from what's happening on, on the training pitch to what's happening on the pitch at the, at the weekend? Yeah. But, I mean, you're so right about the recruitment. We fundamentally we cannot be surprised that we are having trouble scoring goals when with three injuries to our to Paul Pogba, Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford, we now have pretty much no proven attacking options. Yeah. So today, you know, after Marcus Rashford goes down, our front four at the end of that game was Dan James, Jesse Lingard, Angel Gomez and Juan Mata. Yeah. Um, that is just unacceptable. It is unacceptable. There is no way that one injury, you know, we, I supported us selling Lukaku. I don't think he was good enough for Man United. I don't think he suited the style that Solskjaer said he was trying to implement. I was absolutely fine with that. 
but you don't and and this wasn't a, something that came out of the blue this was a, a saga that had been going on for the entire summer yeah we knew he, we so knew why, he was going to leave exactly why was there a, a replacement not lined up ready to come in we just got 80 million pounds for si- for selling Lukaku and and yet we still went into the season with two players in Martial and Rashford who are still very young themselves even though they're now some of the more senior players in our squad yeah. and unproven as out and out strikers and then behind them teenagers yeah and and it's not just in the in the striking force we sold well we didn't sell we, we sold Fellaini in January and then we let Herrera go in in the summer and we've relied on McTominay and, and Pereira to replace him, but both are clearly weaker midfielders. And not only that, but they were already in the United squad. So United have undeniably, and through their own choice, weakened their squad, having finished sixth last season. And 1-0 down away to West Ham with 13 minutes to go, and Solskjaer's got no one he can bring on to change the game. That is that uh, is yeah, a result absolutely. of the, of the Glazers' actions and Edward within the last five years, or and and, and the the weird question is, how much more is needed? Because is it is it another five hundred million to be anywhere near the title race? And if so, how many years? And it, I I don't know. But the, the worrying thing is, I don't think the board have any idea. And not only do they have any idea, I don't think they would want to spend enough money to to get back into a title race. One, well, I think a key a key part part of that as well is, do they trust Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? to use those players that we buy with that money to actually get us back into the title race. And I, I honestly don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah. Because the evidence recently suggests that that probably isn't the case. I, I don't know if he is capable of doing that. Yeah. And it was a similar thing that we that we talked about under Mourinho of the, of the board not backing the manager then. And to me, if they're... Obviously, this is all speculation on our end, but if it is the fact the, the case that they're, they're questioning whether Solskjaer is the man to kind of use that money in the right way, get rid of him. If you don't back your manager 100%, get rid of him. There is no point having a manager that you are not comfortable with backing yeah. totally. Not just in the transfer market, but in, in, in every sense of running that football club. And, and there will be reports, and this always comes after a bad defeat for United, that the club are, are closer to finding a technical director. But these reports have been going on for, for two years. And the thing is, yeah. United would be in a much better position if they... Uh, if they did appoint someone in, in that kind of role, because then it wouldn't matter as much whether they trusted Solskjaer with such an amount of money or Mourinho or whoever, because there would be some kind of long-term plan. There would be someone overseeing it all, but that's not going to happen. And the reason that there'll be reports no. is is for two things. One, because we've just been beaten, so they're trying to take the, the pressure off of the, of the board. And the second reason is that there's another investor's call on Tuesday. So just expect things to be leaked like stuff about a technical director it's, it's always the same and the sad thing is with any other set of owners you would expect them to to learn from this season about why a thin squad and a lack of investment doesn't work but with the last five years it's obvious that they won't learn they won't change and because of that neither will United unfortunately I think I've said this before unfortunately and, and this might be me overreacting slightly but I honestly think we are potentially doomed for a period like like Liverpool went through in the 90s and the and the uh the 2000s and the early 2010s I really do because I think at the moment the board is is very content with what's happening on the pitch because the name and the brand of Manchester United is remaining strong enough to make sure that our revenue is keep keeps coming in and and on their side of things nothing is really changing but there will come a point when and it's not going to happen in a year or two years or even five years it's going to take some time but if if our results don't improve, that name and that brand of Manchester United will start to be devalued. 
And that it can't keep sustaining that kind of revenue forever. And there will come a point where someone has to give, whether it's the owners doing something to try and in, in increase our revenue, which I think would have to come through through improving results on the pitch. But my worry is how long is that process going to take? Yeah, It could be 15, 20 years before the name and the brand of Manchester United starts to decline to a point where they have to start reinvesting and and backing people properly in terms of what happens on the pitch. I, I don't know though, because I've, I've spent four months in five countries in South America and went to a, an unhealthy amount of markets looking for fake and real football shirts. And to find a, a, a fake United shirt, a replica United shirt in one of those markets was pretty rare. And to see someone walking around in a United shirt was very rare in Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, Bolivia and Peru. And then to see someone walking around in a Juventus shirt all, all the time with Ronaldo on the back. But not just that, loads of Spurs shirts, loads of Chelsea shirts, loads of Liverpool shirts, loads of City shirts and none of United and Arsenal. Because why would there be? They, they don't win things anymore and they certainly don't win or challenge for either the title or the Champions League. So I think United's status has already started to dip, not in the way that they'll stop getting investment from sponsors, but in the way that they are attracting new fans. That, that ship has sailed. There's a whole generation and probably the next one too that won't support United. And and I, I don't have any doubt about that. Now, I want to do two more things before we move on away from the West Ham game. One on, on the injuries. Um, Rashford is now out for a while with a groin injury. Martial Popper should be back soon, sure as well. But United's squad again to be shown so thin. And I was slightly concerned that Rashford played the whole game on, on Thursday against Astana. He didn't need to play. And he he certainly didn't need to play the yeah. the whole the whole game and needless and and the expected injury followed that Shaw, Pogba, Lingard, Martial, Rashford, all picking up reasonably long term injuries plus Wambasaka and, and a couple of others at, at various other points. It's a clear worry. Yeah, I was very shocked that Rashford started the game on Thursday, and that he wasn't brought off even when we were chasing for another goal. There was absolutely no reason for him to be on the pitch in that game. All right, it it, it didn't end up being as as easy as it should have been, but Rashford is is. Especially with Pogba and Martial out, probably our most important player. Because you saw today what happens when we take him off the pitch. We have no recognised striker. The closest thing we have to that is Mason Greenwood, who is a 17-year-old who all right, plays up front for a lot of the youth teams, but most of his time in, in the first team has been spent playing on the right wing. And so you end up in a, in a situation where you just don't have any recognised talent up front, really. But like like we said earlier, the, this is not a surprise. We knew this going into the season that one or two injuries in our midfield and up front, and we are screwed. We are absolutely screwed. It is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, that a club with the budget and the resources of Manchester United do not have a single recognised striker in their squad. Because to me, Rashford and Martial are not recognised strikers at this point in their career. They have not proved that enough. And we yeah. don't even have a, a a player with who plays in their preferred position as a striker in our on our bench or in our reserves. It is frankly ridiculous. As as you said, the best way to sum it up, we finished sixth last season and over the summer our squad probably on balance got worse. I don't, I don't think there's any probably about it's not just that it got worse, it's that we, we actively chose to make it worse. We let Herrera go and, and, and that was pretty clear that was gonna happen from the start of May. I think it was even announced 
by the start and, and, of I, and I was fine with that and I think we both yeah. were and a lot of a lot of United fans were because we expected there to be a replacement and we, yeah and we, sh- we, we shouldn't have paid him the, the money he was asking for that's fine but then to choose and I think it is a choice given the amount of time we, we had for both Herrera and Lukaku oh, as well is absolutely a choice not to replace them and going even further back it was a choice not to replace Fellaini as well because as much as we yeah. might not have liked Fellaini United could still do with a plan B and United could still do with another midfielder and this is why the, the three signings were fantastic but a midfielder was needed and this is also why I was so gutted when we when the rumours that we, we wanted to sign Mario Mandzukic were proved either not to be true or, or United couldn't manage to get the deal done because he would have been uh, a fantastic signing and, and a great option to have as an out and out striker maybe not starting every game but a different option and he would stop our, our squad from being so thin and give it some actual experience United failed on their transfer window completely. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because, as we've said before, all of the signings that we made were the right signings. And so it did seem like things were, were changing a little bit and that we were maybe starting to sign players based on whether they fit into our team and, and whether it looked like the, the manager was having more of an input. And yet we only signed three of them. When for us to be a, a competitive football team at this level, we needed about... F- five, six, maybe seven signings of that calibre. And I I don't think any of us expected all of that to happen in one transfer window. But midfield and up front were two glaringly obvious places where we actively let players go and chose not to replace them. And I think think it's worth remembering that Dan James shouldn't have been doing this well. He's playing above his level. And if, if he hadn't done as well as he had done and come in and been so confident and so good and so exciting things would a look very different for United in terms of results but also the mood around the club would be completely different in terms of how fans view these signings because Maguire has been good Wan-Bissaka has been good but James is the one that's really stood out and had he not had he played at, at what I think he will regress to in, in the next few weeks and what he has started to do without scoring um, things will look very different and the other the other thing I want to talk about very quickly is how does Solskjaer change this in the short term for United? Who does he bring in and out of the team? Because I think um, Angel Gomez should be coming into the team. Juan Mata should certainly be coming out. Um, and Nemanja Matic should be coming out for Fred. Now, I completely understand why he's playing Matic. And to be fair to Matic, he was okay for the first 20-25 minutes today. Um, better than his teammates, probably. But the key thing more than the personnel is that United have got to start playing with, with fewer touches on the ball and much more speed and that can that that sounds so simplistic and, and it probably is because we're not top level football managers but that's what as a fan you want to see yeah and I think the big thing for me at the moment is this season is at least as far as the league is gone is concerned it's it's pretty much gone and and, and we we expected that I don't I don't mean it's gone in that we shouldn't you know we there's no point even playing, but we're not going to get top four, or at least very, very unlikely. And that, and you know what? I, I can deal with that as long as we actually figure out a style and that we can actually play and move forward with as a team. So I think in the short term, Solskjaer's going to have to take a few risks. Get players, you're right, get players like Mata and Matic out of the team because, quite frankly, I don't care if we get... 10, 15 points less with the youngsters playing than we would if Mata and Matic is playing. First of all, I don't think that's the case anyway. But even if that is, I don't care because the youngsters are much more important to the future of this team, potentially. And it is more important to me to figure out whether 
players like like Angel Gomez, like Jimmy Garner, like Mason Greenwood, like Tahith Chong are actually good enough to play at this level and to be part of our future. And that that is one thing very easily that we can do at right now in the short term. And the other the other thing is encourage the players to take more risks with the ball. You know, and that 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 is exactly why we saw us scoring goals at the start of the season. You look at the Chelsea game, it was pick up the ball in your own half, instantly you're looking forward. You're looking for Rashford running in behind. You're looking for Martial on the left. That is what we need to get back to. It's trying to create those quick transitions and moving the ball forward quickly. I I think in the short term, they are two things that Solskjaer can do and try and implement very easily and very quickly. Yeah, and with Pogba to come back, I think that's a big positive in terms of these young players being able to come into a better side. I think Gomez will play better with Pogba in the team and, and Mason Greenwood in particular will benefit from from Pogba coming back and Greenwood looks like he's he's going to have to play and hopefully he plays through the middle and, and Solskjaer has the balls to just give him that chance through the middle rather than out wide um, as he was against Astana. Now, um, on, the, on the topic of Mason Greenwood, let's have our regular youth update. The under-18s lost 3-2 to Everton at the weekend. Hannibal Medjbury, a new signing from Monaco, cost about €10 million Euros, um, in the summer. So a big transfer fee. He made his debut against Derby County two weekends ago and then had a good game against Everton. Created chances for McCann and Wellens to score. Everton, a uh, very good side, so not that disheartening a loss. But United's under-18 is settling this season um, and that will take some time. There's been bad results so far. Uh, Paul Pobb was watching uh, the game, as was Marcus Rashford and Ashley Young. And Pobb actually spoke to the players and gave them some encouragement after last weekend's 6-1 defeat to Derby County. Um, Ted and Mengi's been playing upper level at the under-23s, a centre-back. Um, can also play in midfield occasionally uh, he signed his first professional deal with the club after turning 17 fantastic news and, and, and well deserved for Mengi who's a, a real possible uh, potential talent the under 23s play on Monday night against Aston Villa in low news Dean Henderson is continuing his good form for Sheffield United. Cameron Borthwick-Jackson is only on the bench for Tranmere Rovers at the moment. His United career is well and truly over. We already knew that. Um, George Tanner started for Morecambe. Kieran O'Hara started for Burton. And Ethan Hamilton started for Southend United, where he's doing well. Since we last spoke, the United women's team were beaten 1-0 by Arsenal. They now face Liverpool next weekend. Now, Jack Rochdale at home on Wednesday um, in the League Cup. Another good opportunity for the youngsters to show their worth. But the, the difficult thing is United squad is so thin that they're going to be needed in the in the league anyway, given the injuries. So um, hopefully we'll see. I'd love to see James Garner play alongside Paul Pogba um, and, and rest, perhaps rest Scott McTominay, who's started every game for club and country this season so far. And Mason Greenwood, if he's uh, recovered from tonsillitis. Uh, play through the middle up front. Yeah, I agree. McTominay needs a rest. He's he's played pretty much every game and 90 minutes of pretty much every game so far this season. Probably put him on the bench, bring him on if needed, but there's no reason for him to be playing. You're right, it, it's tough to rotate our team too much when there are so many injuries uh, injuries going on. But now really is the time to blood some of these youngsters. People like Jimmy Garner, like you said. <sighs> Brandon Williams as well in, in defence, I think, should, should come in and get an opportunity like we said before, there's no reason not to be playing them now, and especially in a game in a game like a League Cup game against Rochdale. Yeah, um, and prediction for Rochdale, it, it could actually. I mean, it's not a tricky one. United should be winning by three or four goals. To be honest, they won't. I think United will win. I think United will win two one against Rochdale at home, which is a bit depressing. <laughs> I saw. I heard. I heard the. Uh, the, uns- the unsureness in your voice <laughs> as you said that. Yeah. I think United will win. Yeah. I'm, yeah. There's no there's no huge confidence from me. Um, but at the same time, the, the, the crazy thing with this United team, and the same applies for 
the same applies for Arsenal and Tottenham as well. And United's top four rivals is that United could suddenly pull out a, a four or five goal victory. And not only against Rochdale, but United, United could do the same against Arsenal and people would be surprised, but it wouldn't be like, hold on, what's happened? Like, how has this change happened? Because United are just so inconsistent. Yeah, it's, it's always hard to know what kind of United performance you're going to get from week to week. But like we said, we'll probably have a good idea after five or ten minutes because that seems to pretty much define what happens in the rest of the game. Um, against Rochdale, you know what? It's just so terrible that I'm having to say. It wouldn't surprise me if this goes to extra time. Wow, yeah. Um, right, let's move on from Rochdale then. Arsenal next Monday night football, 8pm um, at home again at Old Trafford. So a big a big couple of games at home. United need a, a comfortable victory against Rochdale to give a little boost. Um and then a, a plenty of rest Wednesday to Monday for United instead of Thursday to Sunday. So uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be pleased with that amount of rest. Uh, Arsenal, as we record this, are, are losing to Aston Villa. Um, and they've trailed twice, having scored in the I think the 58th minute and then conceded again in the, in the 59th. So um, they are also doing their very best job to not get top four. It's going to be such a weird game. Uh, because of, of of how terrible we both are, and yet how well we both yeah. can play. Yeah, there have been glimpses from both teams this season at the, the talent that is in their in their squads. Because you know, let's let's not let's not get it wrong. Like both of these squads have, have very talented players in them, but the problem is that they're not being utilized in the right way at the moment. In, interesting question for you, Harry. Who who leaves first, Emery or Solskjaer? Um, I think. Yeah, that's a really hard question, actually. I think Arsenal will stick with Emery for, for quite some time, to be honest, because they have shown that they are pretty averse to, to sacking managers. And obviously with Wenger, it's a different story, but I think the Arsenal board are, much like the United board, content to kind of scrape top four every so often um, and occasionally reach a, a cup final not even have to win it. So I think they'll probably stick with Emery longer. Uh, I also think that Arsenal are... <laughs> I, I can't see Arsenal sliding as much as I can see United sliding because I think if things go wrong for United, United could easily drop into yeah. 10th um, under Solskjaer or under the next manager. So I think if, oh, I if United do slide like that, then Solskjaer will, will obviously go and that would it, it would actually have to be the right decision because you've, you have to forget everything he's done and, and everything he's done right. If United aren't winning games, then then he is going to have to go at some point. Um, so I think probably Solskjaer's more likely to go next. We've actually yep. got a, a question from Alan Hitchings who's just tweeted in saying, what do you think of Ole's team selections? I think we've kind of gone through that, but he said, why are United so sluggish? And it, it's a weird question because United worked on their fitness so much in pre-season and, and there was some great signs during pre-season as well as against yeah. um, Chelsea and Wolves and, and it, it's just disappeared. And, and you look at so many of the players individually, pace is such an important part of so many of our players' games and yet the, the speed has kind of gone out of, of our play. It, it's it's a it's a weird yeah. one. Um, we, we can't really tell you, Alan, but I, th- I think it's, it's, it's a mixture of it is a busy schedule. It's also a mixture of a massively thin squad. But also, I, I don't think there's any confidence there in United's team. Um, even against Leicester when we got the goal early on, United didn't really really build on that at all. And I think that's kind of indicative of, of how little confidence there is in United's team. Um, back to Arsenal, quick prediction before we, we finish off, Jack. I'll go a very entertaining and defensively lacklustre 2-2 draw. 2-2? Two, two. Uh, that, would, that would be, I mean, that would fit United and Arsenal's style of play. Um, exactly. I just think both of these teams are likely to concede. I, I think I'll go... I, I was thinking this and, and my gut reaction was 2-1 Arsenal. Um, I don't know why though. 
I, I always predict a United win when you kind of normally go a little more sensible. So I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I I was thinking two on United, and then and then thought actually no, that that doesn't seem very likely. I think it it depends a lot on on the Rochdale game, and also depends a lot on whether Martial's back. Um, Pogba should be yeah. back, and Mason yeah. Greenwood should be back. So I might yeah, I'm gonna go with a two on United win just to to end on a positive note and um and piss everyone off when we undoubtedly lose or or draw. So um, <laughs> you can all join uh, enjoy me cursing it there for you. Um, for more from Jack throughout the week on. Um, on Twitter, you can find him at at UTD Tate T A I T. You can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson sixty four, and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's POD at the end there. That's all we have time for on Series Five, Episode Eight of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you for listening, as always. And if you're enjoying the show, please do leave a review or tweet this out and share it with your mates. Have a great week. Um, try not to get too down about United. It's still fun sometimes. Goodbye. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.